0: Do you want more energy and less cravings? You might be on a blood sugar roller coaster. A lot of times when we're not balancing our blood sugar with the foods that we eat and the way we live our lives, we end up with lousy energy and those cravings to dig into candy or snacks throughout the day. Or maybe you need to work on lowering your blood sugar numbers. Maybe you've been to a doctor's appointment recently and you were told that you have elevated blood sugars or prediabetes. Or maybe you struggle with the inability to lose weight and body fat. At the time that this podcast airs, we're getting ready for our April Blood Sugar Balancing Challenge. This challenge will take place inside of the Goal Getters group. It's only $9.99 per month to join the Goal Getters group, plus, you can try it out for free with a one week free trial. Join the April Blood Sugar Balancing Challenge as we work to implement a new blood sugar balancing hack every week in April. The challenge begins on Monday, April 1st, 2024, and is a 30 day month long challenge. We will focus on a new habit each week to habit stack and create a better blood sugar balancing routine, focusing on more protein, veggies, vinegar, and movement. Each one of these hacks is designed to improve our metabolism, create better blood sugar balance, improved energy, reduce cravings, and work to lower overall blood sugar numbers to improve our blood work too. Join the challenge to have support and accountability with the other Goal Getters members along with guidance from your registered dietitian, me, Brittany. Join the blood sugar balancing challenge by joining the Goal Getters group with the link below in the show notes. I hope to see you there. Welcome to the Your Life Nutrition Podcast. I'm Brittany Libertor, your registered dietitian, nutritionist, and mindful eating dietitian here on the podcast we will be answering your questions all about nutrition and wellness while breaking down nutrition misinformation and giving you the truth that you can apply to your life We will focus on changing your habits and your mindset to help you become a healthier version of yourself and a more mindful eater. Let's ditch the diets forever. Find food freedom where you can eat pizza and ice cream all without the guilt. Learn how to create balanced meals and snacks and reach your health and nutrition goals. Let's do this.
1: Hey, I'm Brittany Libertor, your registered dietitian, nutritionist, and mindful eating dietitian. Welcome back, Katie. Well, hey there. It's great to
2: be back. And I feel like it's been a while since we've been able to record an episode. We always yeah. pre-record things, but here we are. And we have a really good episode in store for everybody today.
1: Yes. I am so excited for this. And this is really a topic we haven't hit on yet in the podcast. And it's, we're going to be talking all about things related to alcohol, a relationship with alcohol, you know, just how you can end up having kind of a disordered relationship with eating and alcohol, how you can kind of view alcohol, how to incorporate alcohol, if that's something you enjoy in a balanced and mindful way. So Katie is going to kind of lead us and I'll just have you take it away.
2: Yeah. So I actually brought this episode up to Brittany because this is something that's not only been on my mind recently, but it's been on my mind for a couple of years now. Right. Um, everybody knows who's ever listened to our podcast that I have had an eating disorder. It was a mix of not eating that turned into binge eating. Um, and you know, I went to college, right? Like if you're listening to this, you may have had a very similar college experience. You know, you go to college and you drink and you have fun and whatnot. Um, but in college was a really, really pivotal time for me because that's when I experienced my eating disorder. And during that time is when I was obviously drinking, obviously having fun with my friends, being like any other normal college kid out there, right? And the reason why I wanna talk about this is because a few things. I think that oftentimes we can pair drinking with eating and that's great. Like we could have a, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like an in sync moment with our food and our wine, right? And we can enjoy it together. But I oftentimes feel like that I overdo it, right? Like, like, do I really need that third glass? Do I need a fourth glass? And what is the answer? So the reason why I wanted to talk about this topic is because I feel like it's something that we don't always touch base on. And I think Brittany can attest to that as well. Um, and so I think before my eating disorder, like, what did I think about drinking? What did I think about eating? I really didn't think twice about a lot of it. And then when I formed my eating disorder, it turned into, oh my gosh, like wine was a no-no. Certain alcohols were a no-no. Vodka became my drink of choice or gin because it had less calories. And then after and during my like recovery process, I'd say even, you know, obviously I grew into like, oh, I'll drink wine and whatnot. And then during my recovery process and all that, it became, what am I intentionally wanting to drink? Um, And I think even at, like now to this day, I feel like it's more to like um, some, something that I struggle with is like okay, I come home and I want to have a drink. The answer is why. So I think Brittany, as a dietitian, I want you to speak on behalf of just kind of like what you maybe hear from your clients and things that mm-hmm. you know you and your clients have talked about when it comes to having a drink, whether it's when you come home from work or whatever it may be. Um, but Just to kind of start the topic and get the ball rolling, you know, what's your take on all this?
1: Absolutely. So I think everyone's relationship with alcohol can be very different. You know, some people don't find alcohol to be their like fun food or drink, uh, consumption, they're like, nope, I'd rather spend my calories on other things, which is kind of where I'm at mostly because I don't have a really big tolerance to alcohol. So I'll have small, small pores (laughs) and that's kind of what I can handle for my body. Um, I've kind of always been that way. I just end up with a headache when I, when I drink too much. So to me, it's, it's very little, but that's okay. Um, but I think it really is based upon environment and culture, right? Some cultures, especially like work-wise, it's like, oh, you're going out for happy hours or you're going out with coworkers or, um, you know, maybe you just grew up with a family of social drinkers and you're just like always drinking like with dinner or again, you're going out for dinner and you have multiple drinks or you're at a party and you have multiple drinks and- you know, I don't think that there's a problem with consuming alcohol. It's really more about frequency and amount. And, you know, really thinking about like, is this a worth it experience? You know, cause sometimes we just get into habit where it's like, we're drinking more alcohol with dinner than we are water, you know? So it's like, we're behind on hydration and then we're consuming a lot of extra calories and carbohydrates and sugar. And again, like none of that is bad in and of itself, but again, it's frequency and amount, you know? So I was actually just having a coaching call earlier today with one of my new clients and we were talking about like drinking habits and stuff. And I'm like, you know, some people feel like they have to have this like all or nothing attitude when they start like a health journey. It's like, okay, well, I'm going to cut out all alcohol. And I'm like, but is that realistic (laughs) long-term or are you going to do that for a month? Because yeah, it's, you know, if you're cutting that out, you're going to cut out again, those extra calories, carbs, sugar, things like that. But if you're just going to end up going back to that yo-yoing, right. And going back to that, like, what is that going to actually do for your body? Um, It's not really teaching you anything, you know? And so I'd much rather like Maybe you reduce the amount or the frequency, you know, again, it could be maybe we're just cutting back by one drink. That's still going to make a difference, you know, or cutting back on the number of days out of the week that you're drinking. Maybe drinking a glass of water in between each alcoholic drink, which helps us slow down how quickly we jump to the next drink. You know, things like that are a lot more sustainable and doable than having this all or nothing mindset when it comes to alcohol. And kind of to your point, Katie, what you mentioned earlier about like kind of switching your drink of choice to something like gin or tequila or whatever you had mentioned because it was, like, lower in calories, but it's, like, was that even as enjoyable to you, or were you really only focused on the number?
2: Yeah, only focused on the number, and then I think for me, I will be the first to admit, like, alcohol for me has totally been a journey. I'd say, like, Mm. you know, food, alcohol, they've been a journey together, because... I really, for the longest time, felt like, oh my gosh, I just have to drink this certain drink. Like, I can still enjoy, I can go out with my friends and I can have fun, but I won't gain the calories. Mm -hmm. And you're living in prison. And I could not echo enough what you just said too about like, hey, having your drink a choice and dialing it back. Like, I mean, one thing I'm actively working on and I don't always hit the nail on the head. Like Mm -hmm. nobody's perfect. And I want to share this because nobody is perfect, but it's like, okay, you know, you can come home and have a drink or two, right? Like everybody used to unwind, whether that's a walk, whether that's having a drink and a walk, whether that's sometimes just like going and grabbing a cocktail with a friend in the middle of the week or whatever. That's fine. There's no crime in doing it. It's okay. Are we having a couple or are we having eight or nine? And mm-hmm. I think me for where I'm at now is like evaluating that is my why. I think we look at it like we almost look at it like food is so like, hey, you know, wh- what's my trigger? Like, why am I reacting like this? And that's something I've been in, like, investigating lately in myself. And I have wanted to investigate myself is it's like, I'm totally not going to, like, make this big old rule for myself that, like, you know, you are never allowed to drink again. Because that's like Brittany's like, you know, let's be real with yourself. Right. Like, yeah, I love to have a good time. Like, I come from a family with two other siblings and we have a great time together and, you know, we'll have cocktails, we'll have drinks, you know, my mom makes one of the best Cosmos ever. Like we love to enjoy ourselves together as family. And and of course my friends do as well, but I think it's saying like, what's your cutoff point. And mm-hmm. um, even recently, like in my relationship with my boyfriend, stuff like that, like I feel like that's almost at times like help me as well, because it's kind of like, Hey, like we're enjoying each other's company. We're having this great one together. Yeah. We need to have another drink. We're having this great intellectual conversation. Like, I think we can call it quits here.
1: Yeah. So, and I love, yeah. if I can interject, I love that you mentioned that. <clears throat> and I think our culture is just so focused on numbing out. Yes. We have such a problem in our society with, like, we don't want to feel our feelings. And that's what it comes down to is like, you had a hard day, you, you're you going to turn to food or alcohol. And that's another reason why, like, we felt like it was fitting to share this kind of information on the podcast. It's really like, you know, what you drink is just as important as what you eat. Because it's funny, like, if I'm doing like a food and nutrition assessment with a new client, and I could be like, oh, wow, they eat like, you know pretty nutritious and balanced, but we don't even talk about the alcohol yet and then it, or, or the drinks. And then it's like, oh, I'm drinking juice during the day and a bunch of Starbucks drinks and then alcohol at night. And it's like, okay, well, if we just start to address some of that, like we're going to see an improvement in health, you know, like, so it's like crazy, but, um, you know, how you're approaching alcohol, um, as a source of, you know, comfort, as a source of numbing out, as a source of enjoyment. Like, but again, we got to be mindful about it because again, I mean, I see it. I've been at a lot of weddings this year and it's like people just slam drinks back. And it's just like, it's actually kind of scary. It's troubling to see that, again, like, are you actually enjoying conversation and like being a part of community and like friendships and family, or are you just drinking to drink a lot? And so I think it's, are you actually enjoying it? And are you being mindful about it? And are you slowing down? And like, yeah, just, but I guess the whole numbing out part really goes back to like, are you drinking alone? But it could be in a group and you feel alone anyway because you're dealing with other stuff that <laughs> isn't coming to the surface. So I think a uh, part of it, not to be super, like, psychological here, but part of it's, like, if you feel like you're drinking in excess, you got to ask your questions, like, why? <laughs> you know, are you actually doing it because you really, really enjoy it? Um, and if you're doing it a lot, you know, what's the reason behind that? And yeah. Is it to escape those feelings? Because again, the same conversation, I can literally have the same conversation about food. You know, if people are getting themselves, I know you and I both dealt with binge eating and it's like, you know, was that to escape emotion sometimes? Yeah. And then that just formed a habit and that was really hard to break. So... It's just important to ask yourself why you feel like you're approaching food or drink in that way. and alcohol we know is a toxin to the body. So I'm never gonna like recommend just picking up drinking if you really aren't a drinker. <laughs> you know, it's it's more about what is the situation. Are you enjoying it? and are you picking the drink that's most worth it for you? That's what's going to be most satisfying and help you to just, yeah, be aware of how much you're drinking.
2: Yeah, and I would go off that and saying like, you know, I think from my perspective, like I'm definitely one of those people that's like been a bridesmaid forever. When I'm at a wedding, I'm totally like having so much fun, and like it's like you know, I you know, weddings like people I think are going to tend to let loose and stuff like that. But Brittany, you raised a good point because it's kind of it's that whole soul searching thing. I think you hit a point, and I've hit that point in my 20s where it's like, okay, what's our reason why? You know. Yeah. It's a healthy habit for me just to go home and have a glass of wine and say, Oh, hey, I had my glass of wine, I'm gonna move on. Because Mm -hmm. if that realistically is a part of your, you know, what what calms you down and you go for your walk and do other your health things, part of me as I get older, I'm like, Well, maybe that's okay, you know, we're not drinking the whole bottle, we're having a glass. So getting to that of like graduating into that, I think is um it's good. It's healthy. Another thing I want to bring up though, is that, um, specifically me. And I, I don't even know if people experienced this during their binge eating disorder, but I felt like alcohol at times was, um, I don't want to call it like an escape, but, but, um, I felt like when I would drink, it would give me an excuse to finally
0: eat, mm-hmm. like
2: not feel that pain, not feel that guilt, not feel that, you know, like, I just felt like, well, those are drunk calories,
1: you know, like, right. Like they don't count. And that's the other thing. It's like, you know, when I'm talking with a client about their drinking habits, you also have to wonder like what's being eaten at that time, because I definitely recommend eating while you drink to help with (laughs) the uh, slowing down of absorption of alcohol so that you can manage the effects and your blood sugar and all that kind of stuff. But, you know, a lot of times, you know, we're not necessarily just munching on veggies when we're having alcohol, right? Yeah, like
2: reading the chips and the, and the this and the that. Exactly. Right, and I think-
1: And that's so, part of the enjoyment. But again, it's all about what's the balance there.
2: And I think too, like the reason why I mainly wanted to do this episode is because I'm in a time in my place where I would say like, you know, I think every year, every two years, every three years, I'm in a transitional period, I always like to call it. Mm -hmm. This is something that's been difficult. I really like, you know, you get home from work and your mind, my mind specifically (laughs) is racing, right? So it's like, how do we do this in a healthy way? And how do we not, you know, how do we not completely cut everything out? But we say, hey, like, we're going to have a glass of wine. We're going to just relax and stuff like that. And I don't know. I mean, I think, though, it's a good conversation to have because I totally think it coincides with um, my past binge eating disorder and stuff like that. Um, I think Brittany said, like, it is an escape at times. Like, you feel like you don't want to handle your emotions. So, um, yeah, I think it's okay to say, like, oh, I have a craving for this drink. I'm going to go and have it. I'm going to go have a cocktail with my friend. I'm going to go enjoy myself. But, like, you know, when do you stop? Um, and I think it totally represents weight. I think it represents like, you know, your health journey or whatever. Um, but at the same time, I think it's just being realistic with yourself that like, Hey, if a glass of wine is what's like, you know, fits in your schedule at six o'clock at night with your dinner, that's okay.
1: Right. Uh, You can definitely make it fit. And I guess I would say too, like. Again, it goes back to a mountain frequency. You know, are you enjoying it every night of the week? Could we dial it back a little bit? Especially, I work with a lot of um, peri and postmenopausal women. And honestly, alcohol is not your friend during that period. So it's um, really being mindful about when will I enjoy it the most and enjoy it then. You know, again, it doesn't have to be this all or nothing. And actually another thing that I recommend to clients too is um, doing half pours, especially if you are like at a winery or you're going to do a fun, yeah. Yeah. Uh, night with your girlfriends or a date night or something, it's like actually, or, you know, obviously you can kind of control that more at home, but doing a smaller vessel glass, doing a smaller pour, that can be helpful too, where you still get to enjoy it, but you're going to slow down and maybe you're not going to have as much, you know, Um, vessel size is really big. I mean, (laughs) the wine glasses you could buy now are ridiculous. It's like, it can almost hold like over a half a bottle of wine in one glass. So it's also being aware of what is your vessel size. And, you know, even if you did two half pours, that feels like two drinks, but it's only the equivalent of like one drink, you know? So it's also, you know, and you could do the same thing with food, right? Using a smaller vessel. And if you feel like you need a second helping, then it's like, I still really only had one serving, you know? So you could trick your mind in some ways too, but...
2: No, I, I think it's it's good to talk about this. And I, I love this conversation because I don't think that, you know, it gets brought up enough because we just think like, is this normal? Is it not normal? What do we do? You know, everybody mm-hmm. in this kind of world where we're, you know, everybody works hard, right? And you come home from work and life is stressful, um, and I think this year, one of my goals is to really just like, how am I going to gravitate toward living more of a mind, mindful life during the week with my relationship with alcohol, with my mm-hmm. relationship, the other things. And it's not easy. I mean, like we come on here to talk about these topics because we're like, Hey, like this is reality. And we know many others are facing this, um, yeah. it's saying like, how do you want to navigate through the week? Um,
1: And how do you want to feel during the week too? I think that's another thing is, you know, it whether you're making food or alcohol decisions, it's thinking like, how do I want to feel afterwards? How do I want my body to feel? And sometimes that can be really helpful in guiding your choices as opposed to trying to white knuckle it and say like, okay, I'm going to do dry January and I'm not going to drink at all. And instead being like, you know, I really don't want to have a drink tonight because I don't want to feel the after effects later. So maybe I'm yeah. just going to enjoy that drink when I go out with friends later this week. And that, that'll be that.
2: And I love that you brought that up because <laughs> I think especially like during j- dry January, people are like, Oh, are you going to do it? I'm like, no. And the reason why that is, is because I just feel like I'm restricting.
1: Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I'd, exactly.
2: February 1st hits, I'd be like, like <laughs> no. Let it go for life. you know what I exactly mean? It, it wouldn't be and I think this is the thing where it's like you have to be um you have to be mindful about things and you have to realize like I'd rather spend dry January working through like the Hey, why did I want to drink on that Thursday? Hey, why did I want to drink on that random Sunday or that when, you know what I mean? Like investigating those thoughts and those feelings as to like, what is causing me right to want to have a drink? It would be the same thing if I said, Oh, like I'm hungry right now. Let me look on the hunger scale as to why I want this Food right now mm-hmm. and I of that um Brittany has that approach and one thing that I've honestly been trying to work on is that next phase right because there's always phases of your um journey with food and your relationship with food and for me I say alcohol is the next phase of like just the why you know and that's mm-hmm. it's good it's good to have those discovery periods um I hope if anyone's listening to this if it's relatable,
1: Like it's, you know, it's a real thing. So it is, it is. And um, what you mentioned too, it's being, having that curiosity mindset instead of guilt, you know, asking yourself, like, why did I feel the need to have drinks multiple times during the week? Like what was triggering for that? To happen mm. um, was that because of peer pressure, where other people inviting me out to go do this or that, and you could choose not to drink, even if that is a drinking and en- you know environment. If that's not what you want to do, um, that's your choice. But you know, was it something triggering from work or a f- conversation or something that was triggering you to want to say, "Look, I I do want to drink tonight," and you know. This also goes back to the urges we have to eat and drink. You know, we may have an urge, which is just a sensation running through your body that may be triggering your brain to think like, oh, I want to have this food or I want to have a drink. And are we acting on that urge immediately? We live in a, I want it now. I'm not going to wait society. We live in an Amazon prime world. Like we are just impatient. We expect everything at the snap of our fingers. And so again, like if you're going to treat your urges that way, and you're just going to give into that urge or that craving to have that drink without like sitting on that and making sure that's actually mindfully what you want, then you're also just like not giving your brain the space to practice saying yes or no and being mindful. And instead we're giving in to every like urge and craving we have, which again, I'm not saying anything, excuse me, not saying anything bad about um, enjoying and fulfilling a craving, but an urge is just a sensation you have to act. And if you give yourself like 20 minutes to actually like think about it and ponder it and like make a choice, you can still go back and say, yeah, I actually still want that wine. Or you might be like, you know, I just really needed a few minutes to decompress and relax. And like, that was good. So I think, again, it all goes back to what is your relationship with alcohol? Are you doing it to do what everyone else is doing with peer pressure and just like, yeah, I'm going to do it because everyone else is you can, again, relate all the same thing to food. You know, everyone else is eating appetizers or dessert, and I'm not actually even hungry for that, but I'm going to have it anyway because I'm here. You know, same thing can go for alcohol. Um, or it could be that I'm choosing to have alcohol a lot because I had a hard day, and um, wine makes me feel better, so it's kind of a numbing out thing. Like, I'm not really going to feel my feelings, or I'm going to feel them but satisfy them with wine but didn't really fix any problems there. Or what I would consider more of a balanced and mindful approach to alcohol is enjoying your favorite drinks and having a goal in mind of the number of drinks that you plan to stick to, especially if you're going to be at a social gathering um, of, okay, I'm going to stick to two drinks. That's kind of my limit. I'm going to you know take my time drinking these two drinks, enjoy them, drink water in between and afterwards, and then I'm going to call it good, you know? and that's enjoying your favorites, you know, having food with it for sure. Um, and having them in a balanced and mindful way, I think is one of the best ways to go about, you know, having a relationship with alcohol. Yeah. I think it's good. Awesome. It's- <laughs> Great. Well, this was definitely a very new topic. So if you listen to this episode, definitely send us a message and let me know, let us know what your thoughts were on that. Um, but we hope you found this information to be helpful and we'll talk to you on the next episode.
0: Do you struggle with figuring out what foods to eat and how to meal plan? Maybe it's stress or emotional eating, not feeling comfortable in your clothes, feeling overwhelmed with weight gain, or maybe you need to lower your blood pressure, blood sugar, or cholesterol. If you answered yes to any of those questions, I would love to help you. To learn more about working with me, either one-on-one or to join our private accountability group called The Goal Gutters Group, head to my website, www.yourlifenutrition.org. If you want to have a free discovery call to see if we'd be a good fit to work together, fill out the coaching application and I will contact you to set up our call and we can see which option would work best for you. On the Your Life Nutrition website, you will also find recipes, testimonials, and other blog posts that you might find helpful on your journey. If you enjoyed today's episode and you want to follow along with more things Your Life Nutrition, you could check us out on Instagram and Facebook at Your Life Nutrition, where I love to post daily inspiration to help you become a healthier version of yourself.